Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we look at record grain movement on CN Rail and a federal report that Canada is on track for record agri-food exports this year. Sask Wheat Chair Brett Halstead reacts to the record exports and an anticipated heavy snowfall this week. We have a look at grain movement from the Ag Transport Coalition. Real Agriculture highlights canola crop production. We have details on the Commons Agriculture Committee looking at food processing and details from the Canola Council of Canada Keep It Clean campaign. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. November was another month for booming grain exports on CN Rail. CN's Director of Sales and Marketing, David Shidnovic, says CN set a new grain shipment record for the month of November. CN shipped over 3.14 million tonnes of Canadian grain and processed grain products in November via carload, which is over 12% above the previous record set in 2018. And that definitely required close coordination in the end-to-end supply chain between all the players. So far this crop year, CN has shipped a significant amount of grain out of Western Canada. So through November, CN shipped 11.27 million tons of grain and processed grain products via carload from Western Canada, compared to 8.95 million at the same time last year, and compared to the three-year average of 9.1 million. In addition, CN has shipped over 400,000 tons of grain crop year to date, direct from Western Canada via container, which is also on record pace. Shidnovic says there were a few grain shipping problems in November, but the exports were near the projected levels. Now, as a reminder, CN's guidance for maximum end-to-end grain supply chain capacity outside of winter between bulk and processed grain products is up to 7,600 cars per week. Remembering that in order to achieve those levels requires no mainline disruptions, fluidity across shipment corridors, seven-day terminal unloading, and other considerations. To that end, we had a wicked winter storm that hit parts of the western prairies on November 7th and 8th, and that significantly impacted the fluidity of the western network. The end of November saw two illegal blockades in the Vancouver area, one of which on Friday, November 27th, caused a significant number of trains headed to Vancouver to be held all the way back to Kamloops, in turn having a real impact on the Week 18 grain program. Now, in spite of some of those specific issues, during grain shipment weeks 14 to 17, CN averaged shipments of just under 7,550 cars per week, in line with the guidance in the grain plan. Take week 15 out, where the storm impacted the most, and it's an average of over 7,700 cars per week. David Shednovic is the Director of Sales and Marketing at CN Rail. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Babot says Canadian agri-food exports are expected to post another record year despite challenges from COVID-19. 
She says there are indications Canada is on track to surpass last year's record $67 billion in agriculture and agri-food exports. She says shipments are approaching the government's goal of $75 billion by the year 2025. She says government programs to support temporary foreign workers ensured about 85% of the migrant workforce came to Canada. She adds there have been efforts to support online marketing initiatives with up to $75,000 for small business export marketing. Babeau adds Ottawa has also set up half a dozen new agricultural trade commissioners in markets around the world. From January to October, Canadian agri-food and seafood exports rose 10%, reaching $61 billion this year. Top destinations include the U.S. at 53%, China at 12.5%, Japan at 7%, and the European Union at 5.4%, up significantly from last year. Canola exports rose 50% in the first 10 months of the year, reaching $5.1 billion. Increases were in China, up $430 million, or 60%, France, up $279 million, or 183%, and the United Arab Emirates, up $235 million. Durham exports jumped 26% in the first 10 months of the year, reaching $1.6 billion. Leading destinations for Durham include Italy, up $155 million, and Morocco, up $108 million. Pork exports rose 22% in the first 10 months of the year at $4.2 billion. China leads all export destinations at $1.4 billion, up $945 million, followed by Japan at $1.2 billion and the U.S. at $1 billion. Exports of lentils jumped significantly, reaching $2 billion, almost double the figure from last year. India is the leading market at $688 million, a record high to India for the January to October time frame. Turkey was second at $313 million, followed by the United Arab Emirates. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford Equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. The chair of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission says record Canadian agri-food exports this year is welcome news. Brett Halstead says 2020 has been a different year because of the challenges from COVID-19, but he says there's been good international demand for Canadian grain, which is reflected in Canadian agri-food exports reaching $61 billion in the first 10 months of 2020. Well, it's good news and it indicates, you know, a little bit about what we've talked about through the year as far as, you know, other products haven't moved as well during the pandemic from lack of demand, but it's uh, that void has been filled by, by grains and oil seeds and that's, that's a good news story that uh, farmers are being able to get their product to market in a timely manner. CN Rail has said that grain exports on the railways are also moving ahead at a very rapid pace. Uh, they had a record amount in the month of November. Again, it just it just shows the ability, you know, when the railways do put their uh, their resources to it, that they can move grain in a timely manner. And uh, you know, it's something that's ongoing that ag organizations continue to watch and continue to push for good grain movement. Now we've got a, a storm coming, a winter storm. What what reaction does that bring on the farm? You know, I guess we never want to be stormed in or see people stormed in on the road or anything. But you know, we we're at a situation here. It's been pretty dry for the last uh, growing season. That I, I you know I'm willing, and I think a lot of farmers are willing to take some moisture in any form they can get it. Now you're of course the 
chair of Sasquatch. How uh, was the year for Sasquatch in terms of funds? How did that come about? You know, we've had a record year as far as the research projects and the varietal development projects that we've been funding. And, you know, it's, we think it's pretty important that we put those farmers' funds to work. Um, we thank the farmers that have left the money in Sasquatch for us to invest in research and varietal development, market development, and advocacy, and really appreciate it. And, and you know, wish everybody could continue to support us. How much do the funds totally this past year? That's a dollar a ton, and it's a mandatory checkoff, but a uh, producer can apply for a refund, and, you know, we we like it when producers leave their funds in there and then show faith in it. Uh, you know, the amount of money we're investing in, again, research and varietal development is very important. You know, we think it's important to bring new varieties on. The wheat varieties that we've released and Ag Canada's released in the last number of years are Grow, are being grown in large acres on farms and you know we think that also helps keep the price of seed reasonable too. Roughly how many millions did you get? I believe it was 23.6 this year and it's been over 43 million since the inception of, of Sasquatch. Good amount of funds to go to research and promotion. Yeah and yes and the varietal development too. Brett Halstead is the chair of Sasquatch. CP Rail continues to outperform CN on the percentage of hopper cars supplied to shippers. We have some interesting numbers from the Ag Transport Coalition this morning. Those statistics come from the Ag Transport Coalition, which monitors rail performance on behalf of shippers and producer groups. CP Rail supplied 79% of cars ordered in Shipping Week 18, compared to 68% for CN Rail. Those numbers show a small decline from the previous will. Milt Poirier is with QGI Consulting, which produces the weekly report for the Ag Transport Coalition. There are signs that the rail system is slowing down, which is not unusual for this time of year. It generally does in the winter, but perhaps slowing down a little more quickly or to a greater extent than we might have expected, particularly this year, given the mild weather that we've had so far. Poirier notes some loaded cars are not moving quickly. We see the count of so-called idle cars, which are loaded cars that don't move on the railway network for two plus days, which is an important metric of fluidity that ATC tracks, has increased significantly in the last 10 days, and most notably on CN, which is where it's of the greatest concern. As for the situation on the West Coast, we have seen unloads drop a little bit in the last few weeks at Vancouver and at Prince Rupert. And with the buildup of vessel lineups at the ports, which has also uh, been an issue for a number of weeks now on the West Coast, both at Prince Rupert and at Vancouver. As we move into the holiday season, Poirier will be watching if the number of unfilled orders can be reduced. Are the railways able to shake this week-to-week carryover of unfulfilled orders and quote-unquote get even with demand? And if so, how do they do this? Barring a slowdown at Christmas, which is not unusual, the only ways really to achieve that are to realign capacity with demand by either reducing the number of orders accepted for service, also known as rationing, which we've seen lots of this year, or increasing capacity to serve the demand that's out there in the marketplace. And that, frankly, is not something that we've seen this year as both railways seemingly have hit a capacity threshold that they haven't been able to get by. Poirier's comments come from a weekly podcast produced by Pulse Canada, which is a member of the Ag Transport Coalition. 
Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Hey, Carrot Gustrous here with realagriculture.com. I am back here today with another Canola School episode, and I have here with me Raymond Gadwa, who is with the WCCRRC. So can you tell me a bit about what WCCRRC is? WCCRC stands for the Western Canada Canola Rapeseed Recommending Committee. This committee is tasked with uh, setting the framework for canola variety recommendation for Western Canada. Uh, and, and so their, their, their job is to, to provide uh, guidance and oversight uh, to, to the program uh, that, that uh, I administer on behalf of the Canola Council. Uh, that I administer on behalf of WCCRC. I'm a Canola Council employee. So they, as I said, they provide uh, the framework and guidelines and, and rules uh, by which we uh, implement the uh, testing system for Western Canada. Okay, so what sorts of things did you guys find in the trials this year? What sort of recommendations are you making for 2021? Um, the recommendation process is, is on is ongoing. Basically, the testing system is comprised of uh, two years of testing. So the first year of testing is is conducted uh, by the individual variety developers. And uh, so typically, in a typical year, for instance, this year we had uh, 1,375 uh, what we call private co-op trials. That's the first year of testing at 182 locations across Western Canada. Uh, Predominantly in Saskatchewan, uh, 641 in Saskatchewan, 391 in Manitoba, uh, 341 in Alberta, and two in British Columbia. And then the next, the, uh, then after, then the, uh, the what we call the public co-op testing, uh, that would have taken the data from last year's trials which were conducted and uh, uh, then the selections from those trials by the individual companies are given to the WCCRC for testing and more in a in a re- second year recommendation trial so these are basically a subset of the first year of testing the selections from those so the, those were 111 research trials at 32 locations across western Canada and then that data is is assembled uh, assembled and uh, and uh, allocated into uh, databases, and um, um, the the data is used to evaluate the cultivars for recommendation. So there's a prescribed set of rules and guidelines uh, that the uh, that the candidate canola cultivars have to to make and it's derived from the, those two years of testing uh, and predominantly the the focus is on 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 quality uh, that's the that's what makes canola the the quality parameters uh, so basically the committee has has guidelines for fatty acid fatty acid content oil protein and glucosinolates uh, in in the meal um, 
but at the same time, uh, agronomic data is collected. Uh, so we have information, of course, on yield, lodging, days to first flower and days days to maturity. Uh, so we have a good sense of what's coming through the system, whether the material is, is late or early or uh, typically in the middle of that. Uh, and at the same time, on behalf, we conduct uh, uh, 40 uh, black lake disease reaction trials across Western Canada. And so that would be 10, 10 locations. And uh, that gives us a good sense of... Um, What's happening with black leg, it also gives us a good sense uh, of what the uh, black leg races are out there. Uh, and um, I don't can't tell you off the top of my head what they were at each individual site, but we have a pathology subcommittee that looks at that very thoroughly and uh, is able to to determine uh, the nature of black leg infection as they pertain to those those black leg disease reaction trials and sometimes they can um, make inferences about uh, the, the type of disease uh, disease uh, that's out there in the in the broader uh, canola production areas this has been your real agriculture update you can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com hey everybody it's ted creech here from hill 70 quantock ranch of lloydminster alberta on the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual Barn Burner Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of Red and Black Angus, Horn and Pulled Herefords, Red and Black Sim Angus, Charlay and Red Balancer Bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor or Bill at 1-800-665-7253. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Snowfall warning today, partly cloudy, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high today near zero. Two centimeters of snow overnight, low minus six. Wind chill minus 8 tonight, minus 14 overnight. Tomorrow, 10 to 15 centimeters of snow. Local blowing snow in the afternoon. Wind northeast 30, gusting to 50. Temperature falling to minus 9 in the afternoon. Wind chill minus 13 in the morning and minus 18 in the afternoon. The low, minus 17 Tuesday. Wednesday, partly cloudy. The high, minus 11. The low, minus 18. Thursday, sunny. The high, minus 5. The low, minus 12. Friday, Christmas Day, sunny, the high minus 5, the low minus 12. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 9, the low minus 16. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 12. Normal high minus 10, the normal low minus 21. The sun rose at 8.57 this morning. It sets at 4.57 tonight. This is the shortest day of the year. Currently, the hot spot, Maple Creek at plus 1. The cold spot in Saskatchewan, Stony Rapids minus 24. Estevan minus 1, Saskatoon minus 7, Swift Current minus 2, Weyburn minus 2, Yorkton is minus 4. Cloudy in Regina minus 4, that's 25 Fahrenheit, winds are from the west-southwest at 15. Humidity 74%, the barometer dropping 101.3. Cloudy in Moose Jaw minus 1, winds are from the west-southwest at 30. Once again, Regina cloudy in minus 4, that's 25 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Small. Um. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. 
This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. Through the Keep It Clean campaign, the Canola Council of Canada is reminding canola growers that keeping it clean means considering market access at all points, from seed selection to delivery. Agronomy specialist Ian Epps says some canola varieties were recently deregistered for use. Yeah, deregistered varieties, um, we've always kept track for the last 20 plus years, we've kept track of varieties that are deregistered, so they're no longer supported by the companies, uh, growers aren't supposed to be growing them. Um, so these varieties are generally older varieties, um, you know, that we're not sure, we can't necessarily ensure the oil and meal quality of these varieties. Uh, in some cases, they may have a deregistered or a really old biotech trait. And, and honestly, it's from a grower perspective, the disease resistance package, the yield opportunities, uh, some of the agronomic characteristics of these varieties uh, are no longer particularly good as well. Epp explains where producers can find the list of deregistered canola varieties. Yeah, so uh, it, it is on the Keep It Clean, so people can go to keepitclean.ca and under canola varieties, there is a list of deregistered varieties and we update that annually or it's, it's kept up to date throughout the year should something change, but usually once a year uh, it is updated. And there's also a historical list there. If you want to look at varieties that have been deregistered, I think over the last 20 plus years, there's a historical list as well. Epps says farmers should reach out to their grain buyer if they have some of these deregistered canola varieties in storage. Yeah, so uh, older seed varieties like that, um, probably not too many growers have them kicking around. Um, but it's certainly if they do want to move, if they have them in bulk quantity of some sort, uh, you know, you could reach out to your grain buyer and just make them aware and see if they have an opportunity. Um, that, that's probably the easiest way to go about it. Um, they can also reach out to the Canola Council of Canada. But, uh, you know, honestly, with how old most of these varieties are, we don't actually see a lot of any sort of quantity out in the marketplace anymore. Most of these varieties haven't been grown for many, many years. Epps says it's important to remove these canola varieties from use. So I think it's just really important for growers to realize, you know, this is important for, you know, trade and export purposes, you know, that we ensure good quality Canadian or consistent Canadian quality canola. But also just even on the farmer perspective, most of these varieties, you know, their black leg resistance probably isn't very good. The yield potential on these varieties isn't great. They're, they're not uh, varieties that farmers are going to be wanting to profitably grow on their farm. Ian Epp is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. The list of deregistered varieties can be found online at www.keepitclean.ca. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. Viterra prices were moving up. Canola gained four thirty at five seventy nine seventy seven. One red spring wheat went up a dollar forty six at two forty two fifty one. The rest unchanged. Durham two ninety seven six two. Feed barley two oh nine seventy. Flax six nine three thirty seven lentils five fifty seven fifty oats two eleven fifty three yellow peas three twenty eight eighty nine and feed wheat one eighty three seventy two on Minneapolis March red spring wheat rose a half cent at five sixty nine a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And now the latest quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report, Donnie Peacock reporting from the 
with current yards. Tuesday's regular sales, all 700 cattle trade here in Swift Current, 74 average on the cows. Good fat cows, very much in demand in that 80 to 87 range. Certainly those top cows were higher. Bulk of the cows trading in that 72 to 77 range. And the thinner cows, 60, 65. Into the bull market, the bulk of the bulls trade between 90 and 93. Top at a dollar. Thinner bulls, 80 to 85. Thursday's red cattle sales saw a very uh, brisk and steady demand. Stolson Farms, tan home-raised heifers, Shark Cross, average 23.50 on 60 head of heifers. Click Farms had their 40 black Angus heifers. They averaged 23.30. Hillcrest Farms had 40 black average heifers, averaged 21.20. Into some of the older bred cows from 11 to $1,500. Our final sale of the year is this coming Tuesday, a regular sale, and then 500 head of bred cattle. And after that, it's Christmas time. We want to wish all you and all of yours the very best. That's the way it is in cattle country. Heartland Swift Current. And the latest pork prices, 149.11 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Calgary-based Obsidian Energy is extending its hostile takeover offer for Bonterra Energy until January 25th. It's also lowering the minimum tender condition for its bid from two-thirds to 50%. Obsidian has offered two of its shares for each Bonterra share, but Bonterra's board urged shareholders to reject the offer. It also said shareholders holding more than 33% of the company's shares have confirmed they will not tender to the hostile offer. The somber mood that has gripped Alberta's oil patch for several years is starting to show some signs of lifting. The start of construction on the Minnesota portion of the Enbridge Line 3 replacement pipeline after six years of delays is providing cause for optimism, as is the advance of construction on the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. The Alberta government's move this month to end its oil production curtailment program after nearly two years has also boosted industry spirits. Quebec's Provincial Pension Fund Manager says it will invest $1 billion in inv- energy renewables, which develops, owns and operates wind and solar power projects. The pension fund has had a relationship with INV Energy, which also specializes in energy storage since 2013. While its stake in the company has grown since then, the fund said the new investment facilities would be its largest investment in INV Energy. On the markets, North American stock markets fell in late morning trading as the price of oil sank and the Canadian dollar fell against the U.S. dollar amid coronavirus worries. The TSX Composite Index was down 137 points at 17,398. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 193 points at 29,986. The Canadian dollar traded at 77.78 cents U.S. compared with 78.28 cents on Friday. The February crude oil contract was down $1.81 at 47.43 per barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. It's brought to you by Hill 70 Quantuck Ranch, the place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6, 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity on the 6th of February of 2021. Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale. 
You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A 620 CKRM.